It's great to be here with you today on our podcast, His Heartbeat, a ministry of Crown of Beauty International, where your questions about life's challenges are explored through God's Word so He can renew and restore us in the truth of His love. His Heartbeat for you. Let's get started. Here's our host and good friend, Sue Coral. Welcome back, everybody, to His Heartbeat. It's great to be here today. I really had a burden on my heart to reach out to those of you who are moms. And I give a message, a conference actually, to mothers called Beautiful Moms. And this actually applies to dads as well. So if you're a guy or if you're planning to have a family at some point and be a mom or a dad, then this would be a great message for you to listen to. So I love being a mom as much as I love to teach the Bible. I love to do conferences to disciple and counsel women. My greatest joy, just the same, is being a mom. And I have two kids right now who are 26 and 24. I raised them overseas in China. Their whole lives, they were there except the first two years, my oldest, my son, was born in the Philippines and lived there two years. And then we moved to China. So it came time for him to go to college. That's when we moved back to the U.S. But I love being a mom. And God obviously teaches us a lot when we're a mom. And it's been a journey. And it continues to be. It never stops. (laughs) So I just wanted to share some things that might encourage you and help you in your journey as a mom. I'd like to start out with Proverbs 4, 3 that says, For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. And I love those words that he's talking about, that he was cherished by his mother, like tenderly. And I too deeply love and cherish my children. I want to be the best mom that I can be, and I know you do too. Well, I wanted to speak to you because... I know that being a mom, though it's really exciting a lot of times, it's also really difficult at other times. We love our kids, but sometimes, frankly, we're not exactly sure how to care for them. Well, I want to focus on the concept of how we can be a beautiful mom. And why do I say a beautiful mom? Because in Isaiah 61.3, it talks about how God, he puts on us a crown of beauty instead of ashes. In fact, the end of that passage says, and then we will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. God is at work in our lives because he wants us to display splendor in whatever role we're in as a mom as a wife, a daughter, a sister, a son, a friend, an employee or an employer, whatever that role is, he wants us to display his glory. So how do we do that? We are to behave in a way that others see is beautiful. It's glorious. It's full of love and forgiveness, kindness, grace, and it's powerful because that's who our God is. And we represent God. He is a wise God, and he wants to give us that wisdom. He's a kind God, a loving God, and he wants to demonstrate that through us. We're to live out that role to representing God to others, his character to others. 
Now, as you probably know, in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it calls us a temple of God where the spirit of God lives. God's spirit's in us. And people would come to the temple because they wanted to meet God. They wanted to see God. And so they came so that they could experience the Lord. Well, in the same way, when we're with our kids, we're to represent God to them. So my question to you is, is your relationship with your children helping them to know God? Are you representing God's love, his forgiveness, his grace, his kindness, his wisdom, even his power to your kids? Paul said that Timothy had a godly mother and a godly grandmother who helped him to know God. Notice in 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 5, that his father was not a believer, and yet his mother and grandmother were such great examples to Timothy that he became a believer. This is what Paul says about him. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now also lives in you. You know, even King David talks about being influenced by the faith of his mother. Isn't that interesting? He says in Psalm 86, 16, turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength in behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you just as my mother did. He also says later in a later Psalm, Psalm 116, verse 16, truly, I am your servant. Lord, I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. Wow. The sons of their believing mothers not only followed their faith in God, but they followed in becoming a servant of God. Our children, they learn from us about our character, the character of God, and what priorities and behaviors that we should have as a believer. How else are they to know what a believer is to be when they're young? But we have to be models of Christ-likeness and of God's calling on the believer. Mothers are to be a model to their children as our fathers. Whether you like it or not, you are a model <laughs> to your kids. They copy what you do. They copy what you say. If you treat your husband disrespectfully, that is how they often will treat others, especially later in life when they grow up, how they will treat their spouse. If you yell and scream at home, They'll often do that with others. If you're generous and helping others, your children will see this and often become like this. If you spend daily time with God, there's a much greater likelihood that as your children get older, they will want to continue to read the word of God. If they see you praying and talking about answers to prayer, they'll have faith in the power of prayer and that God will answer them when they pray. So again, I say, your kids will copy you. The question is, what do you want them to copy? These are the things that I would suggest that you model to your children. The character of God, the priorities of a believer, the behavior of a believer, and the calling of a believer. Now, there is a difference between what we believe in our head versus what we believe in our heart. And in Crown of Beauty International, we talk a lot about this. But it's important to know 
that it's our heart beliefs that really change us. We know from the Bible, you know, from going to church, maybe you grew up in a Christian home, you know many things about the character of God, that he's good, he's kind, he's loving and patient, he's compassionate, he's forgiving, he's holy, he's generous, he's almighty and majestic and powerful. And you also know about what he does. Perhaps you've read, studied the word, and you know what he does for us, how he relates to us, that he comforts us and guides us, loves and forgives us. He disciplines us when we need that. He protects us. He empowers us. He even challenges us in our growth and in our calling. He ministers through us. He counsels us when we need that. He's patient with us. He gives us freedom to fail. Uh, He gives us compassion and grace and kindness. He even honors us. He pursues us with love. He gives us gifts, spiritual gifts. He provides that he delights in us. He's proud of us. All these things are true of God. These are what we're to represent to our kids. Not an easy list. But at the same time, honestly, a lot of us, we have grown up with wounds and trauma. We've gone through even current things that we begin to doubt God. And perhaps even from the time you were young, what was modeled to you taught you some things that aren't true about God. Perhaps if you think about your struggles, your anxiety, for example, when you become really fearful or worried, what is that saying about what you believe in God? Do you believe truly in your heart that he'll protect you, that he loves you, that he's got your back? Or do you do you question that? Do you begin to doubt? Do you really believe that he'll provide for you? Or do you doubt that as well? There's sadly characteristics of God that aren't really from God, but the enemy wants us to think. He wants us to think that God's distant or insensitive, that he's demanding or uncaring, that he's passive or weak, or that he's harsh, hard to please and angry at us and judging us. Perhaps that he's actually unkind or unforgiving or or maybe he's just not wise enough or even mean sometimes people will think. Maybe he's too busy, that he's really not involved personally with you, that he's inconsistent. Sometimes he can help you, sometimes he can't, sometimes he can provide and sometimes he can't, that he's distant from you or unwilling to forgive you. Maybe you believe he's ashamed of you and and therefore doesn't want to have a close relationship with you. Maybe you're thinking he's too weak to help you, powerless, or maybe passive. Maybe you see him as harsh and punishing, or that he's just always trying to teach you something without really loving you, or he's just trying to use you for his kingdom, but not really loving you as you are serving him, or that he's never satisfied or controlling or manipulating These are all things that, you know, honestly, if we look at our own struggles, as we look at how we're going through life, we begin to realize that, hey, I've been believing some of those lies about God, even though I know the truth, even though I know in my head what the Bible says. And the result when we believe lies about God is we begin to live in behaviors that are bondage, like fear, anxiety, rage loneliness, depression, 
hopelessness or helplessness, shame, even suicidal thoughts, unforgiveness, bitterness. We can become obsessive in some behaviors such as alcoholism, eating disorders, workaholism, all these things. We can become promiscuous or not able to sleep. All these things affect our behavior. When we struggle with these things, we can't model a Christ-like life to our kids. We're not displaying God's splendor. In fact, professing to be a believer yet living in bondage to sin can result in our kids disrespecting us, disrespecting God, and possibly even thinking God's not really real or Christianity's useless or powerless or not true. If we live a hypocritical life, our children easily become bitter towards us or towards God. For example, like if I profess I believe in Christ, who's a good God, a loving and forgiving God, but then I treat my children with rage and unforgiveness, they'll reject me, God, and the Christian life. So the number one beautiful mom tip or beautiful dad tip that I want to give is to be a beautiful mom and dad. We must first be set free from bondage in our own lives. We need to learn how to let the love of God truly touch our hearts and, and transform us. Then we'll be able to display God's splendor to our children, and they will want to know how to walk with God. So I really do suggest that if you, when I've been saying these things and you're thinking, wow, that's me, you know, some of the things that I said, then I really, really encourage you to get some help, some mentoring, some counseling, get into the word, get people, somebody to really pray over you and with you, and let God do a transforming work in your heart. I know we've dealt with a lot of these issues on our podcast, which is awesome. <laughs> and you can go back, but there are many wonderful podcasts that can help you even to work through some of these struggles that you have as a result of some of your own trials and traumas of your past. Always we allow God to heal us and transform us. Can we really be godly moms, dads, wives, friends, servants of God? You know, we all struggle. We all battle with sin and with difficult emotions. However, Jesus tells us that when we know the truth and we let it replace the lies in our hearts, that we will be set free from sin and from bondage. John 8, 32 says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Paul tells us, in fact, that we can be conquerors, that we can be set free from the struggles of sin, shame, and emotional bondage as we learn to walk in the truth of God's love. He says in Romans 8, 37, knowing all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. So I want that you will get two things out of this. What's our purpose in parenting? And then we'll talk at another episode about what's our behavior in parenting. But what I would say is we need to model before the age of 12, our children's understanding of the character of God and how he desires to relate to us comes directly from the modeling that we give. Because these are these aren't concrete things, but these are rather abstract things. And children can't really grasp 
abstract ideas like, oh, God loves you. And then whap, whap, you know, you freak out and smack them really hard. You know, it doesn't, doesn't work. Okay. But as granted, as they get older into their teenage years and are begin, beginning to understand abstract things, then they're better able to understand what the Bible says when God says he loves us and how that could be different than how his parents might be treating him. But still, it's so important, even to a teen, that we model that because otherwise our kids will see us as a hypocrite and often turn away from God. So our relationship with God is what I'm saying. It affects our purpose in parenting and it affects our behavior in parenting. So the number two beautiful mom tip is our primary purpose in parenting is to reflect the character of God to our children. Modeling that. So how do we do that? Well, first, we need to teach them about God. Give them opportunities to study the word, to hear Bible stories. Take them to church. You can read books together. When they're young, read books to them about God. Have family devotions. Talk with them about what you're learning. Just be honest and open. Hey, this morning I read this. It was so encouraging. Can I tell you about it? Help them to process their life and what they're going through by using scripture, the word of God, as well as don't just preach scripture, but really listen to them. And and I think the word really helps us solve problems. So help them to see that. But I'm not talking about just putting a band-aid on things. Really let the Holy Spirit guide you as to when it's appropriate to share a Bible scripture. Take them on mission trips. Live out, you know, the, the word of God by helping others and bringing them into that. Letting them join with you as you reach out to the poor or to some kind of ministry that you're called to do. As I said, we already need, I've said we need to model the Christian life. So teach about God, model it, and then discipline our children the way that God disciplines, not with rage, but rather with kindness and, and love to teach. You know, we're trying to teach them and trying to discipline them, as Hebrews says, so that they will be raised up to become holy. And it's not so that we can manipulate them to be quiet or to not embarrass us in public. Or It's not to be about us. It's to be about them. In fact, Proverbs 29, 17 says, discipline your son or daughter, and he, she will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. It's important, you know, there needs to be a balance of discipline and love. And that's the fourth point. Love our children as God loves them. Wow. As God loves them, not as the way your parents loved you or the way you think they deserve because you're upset, but rather how is God loving them right at that moment? We are really to be stewards of God. He is their true father. We're here to raise up a godly heritage. And the first way we do that is through our children. We have other ways of doing that through discipling others, being involved in serving the body of Christ and reaching out to others with the gospel. But our primary first way is to raise up those little disciples who become big disciples of Christ. They're our own children. 
a child's number one need, everybody's number one need really is love. They need love. They not only need our time, but they need quality. It's not just quantity, but quality. However, it does change with age. When they're younger, they need more quantity of time. They need a lot of time to, especially babies, taking care of their basic needs. And as the time goes along, as the years go on, they're obviously going to need less and less time. They're going to be in school. They're going to be with friends. Teenagers, obviously, not a lot of quantity of time. However, as they get older, the older they get, the more quality time they need where you're really focusing if they're in school all day when they come home to be able to focus on them and really give them that quality time. Now, again, not saying quantity, but quality, meaning that you're listening to them, you're serving them possibly in some way, helping them with projects, things like that. You're sharing and fun with them and you're just talking with them, being together, maybe sharing a common hobby together. So that's what I say. Quantity of time, quality of time is going to change from quantity to more quality. Now, different cultures have different focuses. And so in America, we tend to be me-focused. We're me-centered. Each person is to learn to be independent of each other. And so we raise our children to be very independent but a me-centered perspective is not biblical. In much of the Muslim world, the central focus can often be on the father and then the boys in the family. Thus, it's father-centered. But a father-centered family is not biblical. In Asia, it's often child-centered. Decisions are to be based on what's best for the child. A child-centered family also is not biblical. But as believers worldwide, no matter what our culture is, our homes are to be Christ-centered. He is to be the focus. And decisions are to be based on what is best to bring glory to God. This should influence every aspect of our lives. What job we take, who we marry, how we spend our money, how we raise our children. So what does a Christ-centered home look like? Well, according to Colossians 3.17, it says, whatever we do, whether in word or deed, we do it all for Christ. And Isaiah 43.7 says that all of us who are believers are created for his glory. So a Christ-centered home is one which brings glory to God. This is to be the central focus, not comfort or success or looking the best in other people's eyes, not financial security even. Not being the best student in school or having our, that our kids are the best students in school or that they're going to, quote, the best college. Not having the nicest job, the most handsome husband or the nicest car or home. It's not even about being the most spiritual family in the church because we're not to be the focus. We strive to be godly in order to bring the glory and the focus on God not to bring acceptance or praise from others to ourselves. Colossians 3.24 talks about this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. And Galatians 1.10 says, am I not now trying to win the approval of men or of God 
Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Wow. Now, I'm not saying that we need to be perfect. Some of the most important things to model are how we respond when we fail. It's a chance to model forgiveness, perseverance, making changes, humility. So don't be afraid to admit your mistakes to your kids and ask your children for forgiveness or consider their perspective and possibly change your ideas. Well, I hope you can see how critical it is that you grow strong in the Lord. You need to have a proper view of God, a proper view of yourself, and a proper view of how God relates to you. Then you'll pass it on to your children. You know, we really focus on that in Crown of Beauty International. And I'm going to put in a little plug because I'm saying it's for your sake. Go on Amazon and buy the Crown of Beauty 12-week Bible study. Or men, if you're listening, go on Amazon and buy More Than Conquerors 12-week Bible study. Because it's an incredible study that will really bring transformation into your life. It'll help you bring you free. First, it'll help identify lies you believe about yourself or God or others. And then it'll bring you free by meditating on the word, understanding what is true about you, what understanding what's true about God, and then praying. Now, it is best to do it in a group, but praying with someone else to really find that freedom. And that's what we want to do. Because when we do that, then we can really reach out to our kids and love on them. I believe that. I know we all want that. And God wants that too. And that will be your way to really demonstrate God to your kids and ultimately bring glory to them and help them to grow up in the ways of the Lord. That's the main thing I want to say is that God wants us to really grow in our character and in our behaviors to our kids to be Christ-like. And I hope that this has helped you. Now, I'm going to do another episode later where I will talk about what a child needs to experience in different stages of development and how we can be a part of bringing that need. So I hope this has blessed you and Pass the word to other mothers if you found this helpful to help out your friends who are moms or get together with some moms and listen to this and then have a discussion about it. All right. God bless you all and have a great week. Thank you for being a part of our community and tuning in. We would love to hear from you. Submit your own questions or comment on today's episode on the Crown of Beauty International Facebook group or email us at crownofbeautyinternational.com at gmail.com. Push that subscribe button and leave us a review. Come back next Thursday as we go deeper into his heartbeat.